All right, everybody, take it easy, relax, grab a protein shake, and listen in to your pals, JP, Marty, and Jim, okay. hanging out after a grueling squat session, just having a conversation about training. Today on the Raw podcast, we're discussing <laughs> the best strategies for training around injuries. You have two choices after suffering an injury, quit or train around it. We recently published an article, Marty wrote called training around a serious injury. So we thought it was a good time to discuss the topic and perhaps bring a different perspective and maybe some helpful tips to those that need it. Excuse me. So guys, let's talk about injuries. We, we've all been injured, injured. Uh, I've messed up my back, James <coughs> messed up his back. Marty's done some things, broken legs and all kinds of stuff. Where do you want to start with this, Marty? Well, Jim asked me if he could start this because he had a lot of energy on this topic. So sure. Jim, take it away, brother. I do have a lot of energy. In fact, I was thinking this morning, um, I was thinking how it was amazing that Marty never got hurt besides that broken leg. Am I right, Marty? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then I thought, you know, I was putting myself in a situation or in a scenario like, okay, you have an athlete, a broken leg. What are you going to do to train him wise? Uh, and because it, when I was a strength coach, you were dealing with that stuff all the time. I mean, everybody's hurt, man. Uh, from the gymnastics girls who, who her shoulders, their shoulders are screwed up to the football guys with the low back shoulders and knees, the wrestler, you know, so you're always being innovative. I, I think the one point we can make today is the worst thing they can do is not do anything. Right. Um, just in my experience and just have, you know, have an MD, MDs as friends and, and Kairos and all those guys, if you want to start the healing process, hell, I was talking to a guy the other day, and this is a little bit off subject, but you know, he had a heart transplant and he, they had him up like the next day or, you know, I mean, so, so everybody knows now that you got to move to heal. Um, and the thing is, is to have the ability to find the exercises that don't exacerbate the condition. So it's like, just for instance, um, you know, I used to get a lot of training reports. So every day, just how that works is every day I get a report from the trainer and says, okay, Bobby Smith, um, you know, strained uh, low back, you know, avoid axial loading. So I know that I can't load his spine, you know, from the, from the top down, which is, you know, a back squat or a front squat even, um, or a safety squat. So I know that I have to come up with alternative, you know, ways for him to do it to work his legs without crushing his low back belt squat. So we did tons of belt squats, um, you know, and if that's still bothering him, because it does still bother, it depends on how serious the injury is. We would walk backwards with a sled for the quads. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Good one. Good one. We would Good do, one. we would do walking lunges with dumbbells in hand, really focusing on posture, not, you know, not a lot of weight stuff. Um, uh, I would even, I don't like this. I don't like, this. I don't like, you know, like walking lunges. It depends yeah. on, the, on the person and their anatomy for sure. As far as their knees. Um, but yeah, just all, all the, all the, phys all the physical therapists love walking lunges. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the minority of one. Yeah. Um, one legged squats, things like that. Just, just try to different ways in order to, to get them still moving. I think that's one of the big points today. Don't you think Marty? Well, you know, I was thinking about it before uh, while I was preparing my pork belly. And it occurred to me that training is trauma. Yeah. Right. 
it's self-inflicted trauma as my as my old medical partner dr chris hardy used to say the poison's in the dose right 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 and so so a low level self-inflicted i mean resistance training has to be traumatic in order for it to be effective right sub-maximal resistance training is not going to give you bigger stronger muscles right there has to be some some expression of capacity in order for a muscle to want to i mean it's a defensive response right i mean you're 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 presenting a body part with a task that's that's past its capacity right and because it's past its capacity it 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 has to react so what does it do well it it builds and strengthens yeah you know it's kind of like when you get a a cut or a scrape what does your skin do it builds that scab and it builds it back and a callus is a perfect example yeah yeah callus yeah i think with the injury thing though is that one thing that you have to keep in mind is that just because your pick a body part is injured, your elbow. Okay, I've got a. I'm a pitcher. I got a, a bad elbow injury. Well, there's right. nothing wrong with your other arm, right? And there's nothing wrong with your other two legs. And if you're a real athlete, you're driven to train. So then the then the game becomes: How do you train effectively with three limbs? Yeah. Right. Instead of just some sort of lame compromise, uh, you know, or what you do, what, I don't know, leg extensions, you know, that's kind of holding pattern stuff. Right. So what did you do, Jim? I mean, you, you, you had more experience than all of us put together on, on I mean, so here comes um, Todd from the baseball team, their starting pitcher, and he's got a bad elbow. Uh, yeah. what, what, you know, what do you, what do you do now? Let, let's, I guess we should set it because it would be a different prescription if he was in season as opposed to out of season. So let's mm-hmm. suppose he had an out of season injury. That's going to, he's not going to be able to use that arm for what, six weeks. Mm. What, what would you, you know, what would you have him do? And again, he's a baseball player. So, you know, make all those subtle adjustments. Well, I would say, uh, you know, let's focus on getting you so strong that we come back. There's, you're not going to miss a beat. So, you know, the, the thing about pitching is, and you know, when we talked to Phil Wagner about this, you're not pitching with your arms and shoulders anyway, man, you're, it's your hips. It's your, it's, it's the ground up. So you can, you know, you, so I would sort of approach it like that. Now, look, you know, that elbow is going to get better. You know, we're going to, we're going to get that better, but let's focus on just keeping you ready to go. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can do so, so many things. The first thing I would do is I would have him, uh, I would have him focus on a program that involved his legs. So we would do, I mean, we would do the sled. I mean, the sled would be a, a huge key for him. Jimmy, you do, you do something even more important earlier is you get him fired up yeah. on the idea that what you just said was profound. It's like, dude, it's you don't pitch with your arm. You, you know, you'd you say, Mario, you that, could that, say that's the end of it. Yeah, you could say, you could say, good, good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you hurt that thing because I needed time to get you, get you better at the muscles that really do the pitching. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Thank good, God good. This you is a good injury. Yeah. So, but I mean, but the first thing you do is, is you convince him on the idea of, oh man, yeah, you, you can bring your, you can bring your pitching up 40%. 
Yeah. Because you haven't been using your legs. Let's look at some of your, your video because they all got video of themselves, right? And no matter what he shows you, you go, oh, God, you're not getting your legs involved in that. Man, you need some more legs, you know? You, you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and, and you get them to buy into the idea. And they're off to the races. Yeah. And, it, and it works, right? Yeah, it does make them a better pitcher. It does make them a better pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be a case of, man, you just come up with – that's the kind of kid out, you know, that mentally they're always so beat down. That's what you're, that's, that's good that you said that about getting them fired up for it because they work so hard all year, you know, that the whole year is just geared towards the performance in the games. And then when they get banged up, it's like they do that thing where they look back and say, man, all that work. And now, you know, they want to, they want to quit. So, well, I kind of yeah. wanted to segue into that when we talk about, uh, some of the adults that we know that have gotten injured and, yeah. and the psychological devastation that goes with that, particularly those that whose training has been going great. Yeah. Jim, you didn't finish with uh, the exercises you'd have him do. You started with a sled. Yeah, we do lots of sled stuff. We do lots of one-legged, one arm. We do dumbbell bench with one arm. We do, you wow. know, presses with one arm, laterals, triceps. We'd get that, that, uh, that side do really you, strong, upper do, body wise. Do you do, would you do calves or, or hamstrings? And if so, what? Well, hamstrings for sure. I would do, uh, <laughs> if he could do glute hams, that'd be great. So you could have somebody stand there and give him a little push on his chest to do those uh, glute ham raises, which, you know, they work the whole thing. They work the calves at the start. They go the hamstring from where the knee, you know, where it attaches to the knee all the way to the, to the glute. So uh, those are great, great for speed. Um, and leg curl stuff also, leg curls. Now, what the, would glute, you, the glute hamstring, is that a machine or you have? No, you know, you know, Marty, remember Hatfield? What did he, he call him? Yeah, I know. We had two guys. Alec you need a part. You need well, a part. Yeah, but remember, Alexia started it. They used to hook their feet in the pommel horse. And yeah, they yeah, would they do good, 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 good mornings with the barbell across their neck. Yeah, well, this with, is. With, no, so you're lying horse. flat on your stomach. With yeah. uh, somebody sitting on your feet or, or a machine that holds your feet. And then you leg curl yourself up just with your hamstrings. Um, yeah, you see, that's probably a name that I'm not not thinking of. They've had so many different names. We should call it uh, Russian hamstring curl. Yeah, Russian <laughs> hamstring raises. Um, so tons of that and tons of stuff that, that, they, that maybe during the year when they're with the team, we didn't have time to do two different hamstring exercises or two yeah. quad exercises. You know, you got 30 kids, 40 kids, you got 45 minutes. That's including your warm up. They got to come down from class and do a cool down and all that. So, you know, usually it's just, you know, squat, you know, your press, your deadlift, but you can do some stuff that, you know, you wouldn't, wouldn't have time to do when you're doing it individually, like the. And, and or the also leg. he's going to be cut back when he's cardio. He's not really going to be able to run with, well, maybe a little bit. I mean, you know what I mean? So Yeah, no, I wouldn't have, have him swinging his arm. Have re, he'll have recoup training time. Yeah. He'll have more more time for your stuff. Yeah, and I would say you wouldn't even have to, you know, first of all, he doesn't need to be that, well, good condition because he's a baseball player. But just the last couple of weeks, you can start doing some cardio stuff on intervals on a bike <laughs> or, or stuff like that. But, you know, that sled has a sneaky uh, conditioning aspect. You know, you're trying to – walk backwards and you're pushing through the burning but then you don't realize your heart rate's going through the roof too oh yeah yeah um 
And I that's think first, if he's got that's a, first cardio, man, that's 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 good stuff. Yeah, I, I think if he's got a a, a bad elbow, uh, the push sled is probably out. But what would you yeah. have? What would you have him do for the bad side, the bad elbow? Would you have him do anything? Well, you can't do much. I mean, you have to have a machine like a lateral machine that would place the pad above the elbow. But what happens usually if he's had a, you know, pretty, they give him the first week. He's not doing much except getting treatment on that in the training room. So you wouldn't even, I wouldn't even go near it, honestly, until he was past a certain point that the trainers felt like now he can start adding resistance because they have to go through bands, doing the bands and doing the lightweight stuff before he gets released to me. Yeah. So when he gets released to me, it's, it's like, they're never going to release him and say, oh, he can only go 50%. You know, he's going to be 80% and above you know, go slow, medium weights kind of thing. But by yeah. that time they have to have to do all that other stuff, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. You could put, you could probably do something like a, uh, depending on what kind of machines you have, where your location is, you could probably do like a, uh, like a side delt machine or something where you, you know, yeah. you get yeah. the pad exactly. and you're just doing the side yeah. delts, things like machines. that, just working around it. You know, Machines are great for injured people. Right. Let's not force the stability. Let's not do any of that stuff that free weights do. Yep. Let's take the advantages yep. of free weights yep. out of there. Yep. Yep. And then push yep. him in a line that is steady yep. and is we know the path of resistance. Tell Marty, you really hit doing. on that in your article. You talk about yeah. machines, which you don't usually uh, do, but you no. make an exception for this. Yeah, and there are there are ex exceptions for machine use, but you know, for the damaged, uh, I mean anybody uh, and, you know i take that back i i have had i i tore meniscus at age 65 mm -hmm. uh stepped in a hole running right uh so that was an injury but that wasn't a training i'm not you know i have i think only one time had a had a squat bench or deadlift related injury and I'm, i don't mean the broken leg that was an accident i'm talking about during the lifts itself and um i don't i don't want to swim too far down that road but uh just it, it, the technique keeps you safe right jim yeah and, I mean, that's, and it, yeah oh my god okay. there's this girl deadlifting the other day and the bar's like six inches out in front of her man i just is it that same girl you're talking about no, a couple of weeks ago it's different no i helped her out the one girl now she's doing i gave her my program my book so she's doing stuff uh, yeah and she says here comes the muscle man no, <laughs> show me how to do the muscle man lift. Girl, hold on girl hold on girl. <laughs> anyway yeah, anyway, yeah marty marty you're you know, so with, right with me now jimmy jimmy gets that kind of reaction when i walked into a public facility last week a guy came up and got me by the elbow he thought i was a homeless person called yeah. you dad <laughs> Dad, he was going to lead me out of there. <laughs> Where was this? I won't say what facility, but hey, are, you being are you being yeah, serious? Are you being at the gym? Yeah, yeah, just because I'm dressed the way I am. I'm dressed like one of those guys oh. on duck. On Endo's going to love this one if he hears. You probably that. had a hood on. You probably had your hood on. Yeah. Down. He said, "Come yeah. on, come on, Dad, let me lead my, you out of here." No, You're it was nothing to do with my. It wasn't no, my age. It's brother. a shabby it had nothing appearance. to do with my age. It was it was my my attire and my yeah. wild hair, which oh. I. <laughs> 
JP, it's the same mind. outfit he had on at Virginia Beach. So you can picture yeah. the same outfit. Same outfit I always have on. Yeah. Because I only have three formal pairs of pants. Well, we're probably all lucky we didn't get let out of Virginia Beach with the uh, <laughs> on over there, including uh, the guys so, you were training. <laughs> so now listen, I want to get back to the injury thing. Because, well, those yeah. guys, you know, that's another thing. We work with a lot yeah. of injured soldiers. Um yeah. Oh, we worked, I've worked with Roy for a long time. I think it was a foot. Oh man, you got everything from gunshot wounds to a yeah. lot of jump a lot of shoulders. injuries. A lot of shoulders. A lot of, a lot of jump related injuries. Yeah. Um, like just landing. Also the um, getting ripped yeah. by the force of that thing. And so, right? and so, um, it's so many jumps. It's, it's just... So with those guys, of course, the problem with them is you, you've got to continually uh, dial them back. Yeah. Because right. they always want to do too much too fast. And it, it, it makes it worse. Yeah. And Jim, it elongates um, the process. Yes. And so we, again, with them, we try to, again, get them enthused on the idea of, oh, you know, in a way... You know, your upper body strength was pretty bad anyway. So, you know, uh, let's take this opportunity since you injured yeah. your ankle to bring up your, you know, pathetic upper body. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you got to, you got to, you have to turn it, turn it like that, Marty. Yeah. 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 Different psychology for different, different types. Yeah. Well, Marty, remember Jim was telling us about the guy over there, uh, one of the elite guys um, that had cancer that he was training and the guy was, he was having to dial that guy back. This is how, this is how um, passionate these guys are and just yeah. in tune with what's going on and motivated these self-motivated these guys are. I mean, Jim, Jim yeah. just, just outline it without using any yeah. names. Um how tough he was, how, how I had to dial him. Well, back. I mean, I mean, I mean, here's a guy like what you had to do. His, and, yeah. Well, at, if the top, ever, at the very top of his game, right. Who gets, who's, who's healthy and I mean, he has to be healthy in every way, shape and form to get where he got to yeah. the elite of the elite, the elite of the elite of the elite. Right. And then all of a sudden at what age, what, 26 or some shit. I mean, he's he like 32, 32, 32. He gets hit yeah. with, go ahead with uh he was out mowing his lawn one day and he's like hmm, my, my pec feels weird and he thought he had tore his pec in the gym <laughs> of course that's the first thing we the, the guys like that right. think of you know right and so he went in there and they were like now you got lung cancer and so uh never smoked doesn't had, have any smokers has, yeah don't smoke don't, no yeah. smokers in his family no yeah nothing yeah nothing so, so now he's got this i mean and it's not some mild thing either yeah. i mean it's oh no he screwed up so they yeah. take the, they take a lung out yeah and then they then they come up then he comes up to pen to get radiation yeah and he wanted to train this is a this is an amazing <laughs> he wanted yeah. to train everybody who's feeling lazy right now listen to this he wanted to train at the eagles but they wouldn't let him in seven days a week while he was going through you know they wouldn't open up for him seven days a week now, because what do you mean during, the Eagles? What are you talking about? He wanted to train at the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't really realize oh. the connection between uh, that I had been down there and where I was and all that. So they, he called the Eagles and they were like, we can't come in seven days a week whenever you want, you know, because he, he knew he wanted to train every day. <laughs> this is this is the while he's going through radiation. So anyway. And he's just had a lung removed. Yeah, he had a lung removed. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, he's coming up here to make sure they kill all the cancer. And uh, Penn was only one of the only places in the country that could do it um, somewhere in Boston. But he, they, the doctor, he didn't like the doctor's attitude or something. So he came down to Penn. Um, and, and, you and know, Jim, I are you, in, I, go ahead. Jim, I just want to ask you originally, are you thinking, OK, well, this is terrible. I'm going to have to dial this guy back. No, because no, here's what happened. Able to train. Here's what happened. The, uh, so I had no idea this was going on. And the secretary or receptionist, whatever you call people who greet you uh, for the athletic department, called me and said, hey, there's going to be a Navy SEAL coming in, a Navy SEAL coming in. And everybody says they're a Navy SEAL. So I was like, OK, well, I'm going to be busy. I'm going to warm up the women's lacrosse team or something. And she was like, she was texting me. He's here. He's here. He's here. So I get in and uh, there's a, a two people. There's a guy with a beard. He looks homeless. Um, with a flannel on about five, eight, one fifty-five, one sixty, yeah. and an older and an older guy. And I walk up and he's like, Hey, coach Steele. And he had been down there when I went down there, uh, the initial, the initial time Marty was, um, but I didn't recognize him. He had lost so much weight and all this stuff. So he goes, yeah, and this is my doctor, such and such. So then it, it starts to occur to me. Oh, the whole thing occurred because I had no idea what was going on. I think he said, this is my oncologist. And I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, so I found the stuff and he goes, well, look, I, I just want to be able to train, you know, as much as I want. And I said, son, I will come in here any second. You just let me know and I will be here. And he got radiation every day. I trained him every day. The first time um, we were doing boxing, you know, he can't, fuck, he can't freaking breathe. He's boxing. He goes, don't treat me any different than any of the boys. I said, okay, man. So we're doing like with a partner. So a minute on, then you go a minute, just the mitts, you know, punching the mitts, but you know, going hard. And he takes a step back and he starts to fall, like pass out and he <gasps> sucks his breath in. And I said to myself, I kill, I killed uh, an unkillable man. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going down. And then he took another deep breath and goes, all right, let's go. And gets back in the ring. And I was like, oh shit, I'm dealing with a different dude, you know? Um, so just, you know, you know, long story short, while he's going through this radiation, uh, we drank moonshine together. We went hunting together in below, uh, you know, zero degree temperatures. Um, he went to my kid's birthday party. He, I mean, this guy, the energy and the positivity that this guy displayed during all this. So I never talked about what was going on, but I said to his doctor, I said, man, is he supposed to be having any side effects to this crushing radiation? And he said, wait, should I feel like he has a fever all the time? Very lethargic, should be losing his hair, should be this, should be that. All this stuff that was, you know, like you're, you know, shuffling around. And so I looked at him one day, the, the tier one guy, we're in my office and we're pretty close by then. And I said, you getting any of that stuff, man? Any of those side effects? And it's the only admission he made in the 14 days or 21 days. Of, actually, he was there six or seven weeks with me. Um, he shrugged his shoulders. I said, you getting any of these side effects? And he shrugged his shoulders. That was it. Other than next. that, man, he never brought it up. He next, was just next. Right. He wasn't having it. He, yeah, he, he wasn't having that it. out of his well, mind. I would say to him, listen, I, I, I would say we would just get done. I would be killing him. You know, we'd, we'd lift and box. We'd lift and box, lift and box. We'd do wheelbarrow stuff. He pulled his calf. He do all kind of stuff. But then I would, you know, we'd go in the office and I'd say, you know, Vikings drink, used to drink mead after their, their workouts or whatever. I just made you that shut up. You, and he's you, like, oh, you so you're, you're telling me you want to drink. I'm like, yeah. So we'd, do, we'd sit there and drink beers in the office. But um, so at the end of the seven weeks, he gained, he hit PRs in all of his lifts. 
Yeah, good. He gained like 15 pounds. And there's one week left, and he says, Coach, man, I, I love being with y'all and everything, but I really miss my family. So I got a, I got two weeks left, but I want to shorten everything. So I'm going to do radiation twice a day. Can you train me twice a day? What? And I go, anything you need, man. So twice a day, twice a day, he lifted weights and did the boxing. Well, we'd box once, and, and uh, we'd, we'd do the lifting twice. Um, and then he got radiation. Sessions? How long would those sessions? 45 minutes last? at the most okay. 45 minutes. Yeah. At the mm -hmm. most, um, just real intense. I mean, lots of cleans, deadlift squats. I mean, overhead oh, yeah. stuff. I mean, it was no, yeah. I, yeah. And, uh, yeah, said, you're not you doing wrist curls. No. And, yeah. and, he yeah. twice a day. and, I and Jim, was it noticeable the, the second that, you know, when he was doing two radiation sessions a day, was it no. noticeable? No, I didn't notice happen? anything. I didn't notice anything. Nothing. There's, there's nothing. No, uh, he, he's he's so unbelievable. It's not it's not positivity. It's just like this is what happens now. I'm going to deal with it, and I'm dealing with it. So why would I trouble anybody else with it? They you refer to it as compartmentalizing. Well, yeah. it is, but yeah. actually, it's it's a very samurai mindset. Yes, as classic the Japanese would train their warriors to think this way. Yes, and like what, Marty? Like he, for instance. What do you mean? Oh, uh, again, this 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 whole idea of we're impervious to illness, to cold, to pain, yeah. to be, because we're in the service of a larger ideal, whether it's the daimyo, the, the lord, or whether it's, you know, the, your country. Right. Uh, and they take great pride in their ability to take pain and to take discomfort and to take cold and to take heat and to take uh, extreme extreme training and uh that's the kind of individual that that you get and yeah. uh you know thank god he's on our team right yeah now since, since then he's had that was now i guess he's had it's years, two more years times ago. now it's been years ago right yeah and he's had two more bouts with it and he beat it both times and yeah. how many years down the road are we now? Man, it's got to be eight to ten what? years ago. Oh, no, it don't say that. It was Jim. a while. Oh. Jim, it's, what? Oh, no, don't say that. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. here. So how? we got a guy. We, now, let me finish. Let me just get a word in here. We had a guy that I trained with who, and I looked at Don the other day, and I, I said, for whatever reason, it came up his longevity. How long has he been with us? I said, how long has he been with us? What, six, eight months? Don goes, four years. <laughs> I'm flies, man. God, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah four years. Jay. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, four It's been that long. Oh, my God. And he's been active duty that whole time, right? Other than the time he was immediately after the. Yeah, he's just he's just uh, out of it now and, and doing mm -hmm. some. Uh, weapon stuff but yep he was what the whole time. saying he's still oh yeah. yeah oh yeah he called me from uh an undisclosed location overseas one night it was, yeah. it was hilarious yeah yeah um but anyway it's it's and, and another example there's another guy that is still in and uh he he they were jumping out of airplanes very high and he had to go in the decompression chamber yep and he still couldn't feel three fingers in both hands when he got out. 
Andy had tore his brachial, uh, his brachialis uh, a couple months ago. So I was like, all right, so you're probably taking some time. And he goes, nah, man, I pulled 500 yesterday, double overhand. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I said, <laughs> could you feel your fingers? He said, I can feel yeah. two of them on both hands. Yeah. You know, I can feel two that's of all, them. That's all you need. And, uh, and I said, well, how's your finger? Break? It's a two, two finger bed lift yeah. PR. Well, yeah. I mean, it, the, the story itself is just amazing that, I mean, you know, he, he jumps anyway, even when he can't feel it, you know, he, you know, and, you can't pull your shoot if you can't feel your finger. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just a different, a different level. But anyway, so yeah, I'm like, well, how's it break you? Break you, Alice. And he's like, doesn't hurt when I deadlift. So I'm just going to be deadlifting. And I'm like, so freaking cool. And then he did, I don't know if he had an injury to the left side. Oh yeah. So yeah. On the brachioplexus side. So he didn't do one arm dumbbell pen benches. It bothered him when he did it. So he did the other arm one twenties for 12 or 15 reps. <laughs> yeah. He only weighs yeah, exactly. two or five. He only weighs yeah, two exactly. Five. Mm. Exactly. And, hey, Jim, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, for the guy you were training that uh, had cancer, multiple bouts with cancer, what now he's mentally strong as a bull. I mean, you won't find many people that strong mentally. Right. But what role do you think training actually has in his uh, recovery through cancer? Oh, I, I mean, training itself. I was just going to say the recovery aspect is huge. You know, when you lose your strength, that you lose everything. You can't do anything without strength. So and it's, it's and also it's the world's greatest natural stress reliever. No question. After after a forty five minute double intense uh, weight training session, yeah. uh, slamming into pad session or hitting heavy bag session, your yeah. mind is clear. Yes. Oh yeah. Dude. In a much better mood too. It's a great antidepressant uh, hormonal that's a, tsunami. That's a that's a blessed state of mind for someone who's looking at a potentially deadly situation. He could have easily died died from this. This is how much he doesn't give a crap. How he puts things out of his head. We're in a barbecue restaurant, and he had to go with radiation, but we wanted to get something to eat first. Um, and. Christy, remember she was on the show the other day at NC State. Yeah. She says, well, I've been taking jujitsu. He goes, really? You know, they love jujitsu. So I'm not kidding. They cleared out the wooden tables in the middle of the barbecue restaurant, no got way. on the floor, and he was, he was showing, okay, show me this. All right, now if that happens, you got to do this, all right? And, the, you know, the server was like, hey, you guys can't do this. And the, well, we got kicked out later, but it wasn't because of that. But, yeah, he just was like, all right, let me see. It's, it's just impulsive. It's just like, let's go. Everybody should love this, you know? <laughs> you know? Uh, and then great. he, and then, so we drank some whiskey and then he went to radiation. I'm telling yeah. you, man, that, you know, it, what it, I mean, it changed my life just being around him for seven, seven weeks, but it just shows you that attitude is your, your body, your body has these governors on it. And with attitude, yes. you can break yes. through it, man. Yeah. You know, just exactly. by changing that, flipping that mindset. Mm. It's like getting a tattoo. Like I, when I, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me talk about gugly tendon reflex inhibition yeah. syndrome. Yep. Because that ties into what you're talking about. We all, uh, the gugly tendon reflex is uh, a body's governor where if the body senses that a muscle is doing so much that it's in danger of hurting itself, it'll shut it down. Right. Okay. It's got a governor. Yeah. Yeah. I had it after I, I tore my meniscus uh, in 
whatever year that was, 2015. And coming back, I was stuck at 95 pounds for five in the squat. I could not get past 95 pounds for five in the squat. And I talked to Chris Hardy about it. And he says, oh, he said, I think your gutturally tendon reflex syndrome has reset itself at that level. Mm. So I thought about that. So uh, next session, I said, oh, well, well, I loaded that sucker to 135 and got three with it. And I swear to God, I felt a, I don't think it was a literal snap. I think it was almost a psychological or a physiologic snap inside. And yeah. that was it. And then from that point forward, I was able to make relatively normal progress. And that was the end of the 95 for five barrier. Yeah. Mar Marty, was that one meniscus? Uh, well, it was, the one was bad. And I had a, if what apparently what happens a lot, it happens a lot. The other was minor because of the, the, the feebleness of the one leg put a strain on the remaining good leg. And so, yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah. And I, 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 I did not get surgery. I, I let it heal. Right. I talked to, I talked to Stu McGill. I talked to Chris Hardy. I talked to a bunch of people about it and they said, well, you know, if you get immobile, <laughs> it'll heal itself. Mm. So well, that, yeah, it depends. That took, oh, that took forever, ever, brother. I think I was four weeks on that couch. Right. Well, I, I called you a few years ago and I said, you know, I got a torn meniscus and mine was actually found by accident through an MRI. I was having um, on my right knee, I was having some nerve issue on the outer part of my knee and it was killing me. And when I would uh, fly somewhere, like I, I couldn't stand up after the flight. It was like so painful. So I went and got an MRI and they, they didn't find anything wrong with the nerve or anything, but what they did find on, on the inside of the knee was a torn meniscus. Now, I don't think it was, it wasn't, there's a lot of different situations that can happen to the meniscus. It can fold back. It can you know, be a flap and it can actually lock your knee into place. Um, some people have had that. I didn't have any of that. So I, I don't think it was torn all that bad. Um, and I've been working around, I, I squat and all that, but I was bummed out when I got that news. Cause I'm like, well, I don't know what to expect now. Now, what do I do? And I remember telling you about it and you go, well, you still got another, another leg, right? <laughs> and I go, yeah, he goes, you, you go, well, use that one, you know, do leg presses, do one, one, uh, leg, leg presses and things like that. And I got to admit, that sounded odd to me at first. It is. But it, it, it does make sense. Why, why are you going to quit? You still have another good leg, right? Why are you going to quit for both legs and, you know, just... Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, anyway, stay that, in the that game, man. Stay in the game. <clears throat> You'd be surprised that it, it becomes a good thing after a while. And all of a sudden, you've never bench pressed 315, but when, when you could really focus on it because you're... yeah. You know, your, your foot was in a boot, and now you can really focus you, on your bench. And yeah. You know how I tore mine, though? It was doing um, – and I asked the doctor about this because I couldn't figure it out because I hadn't twisted it or fallen or done anything. Um, and it was through, I believe, very heavy leg extensions. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a terrible exercise. Yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I quit doing that. Terrible exercise. Yeah. I asked the doctor. I said, can I squat? Now, this guy – had told me, I said, I said, look, I still want to squat and leg press or at least leg press or whatever. He said, you can do that as long as you don't go 
below a 90. Uh, but I talk, we talked to Ryan Chow about that. I know you guys are going to give me crap. But, Ryan Chow. Um, and he said, no, that's fine. But I, I can, I have full range of motion. I don't ever really have any pain. Once in a while, I can feel it just a tiny little bit, but you just got to be careful. You got to listen to your body. You got to respect your, your, the pain means something. It doesn't always mean that it's, you can't do something, but you got to listen well, to the, the pain. Cassidy, or my old coach, used to have a, a saying, when the going gets tough, the tough quit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Meaning that in training, yeah, if, oh, I see. Yeah. If you're, if all of it, if it's not going right and like yeah. you're up to your yeah. last warm up and it feels like hell, there's no magic that's going to happen. If Dude. you're scheduled and to it takes forever to learn yeah. that yeah. hard headedness, it takes forever. If you're really, Marty, if you had, you know, 700 for a double on your mind all week, man, yeah, and you get yeah, to 650 yeah, yeah. and you and feel your low like back spin. And you, you know, you do 650, your last warm up, and you feel your low back twinge, and it's go happened home. to you before, and you go, go home. yeah, go you home. go. What's the go decision home. when you're younger? Go home. You but when you're younger, you go to you that go 700, to 700, and then yeah. you know Boom. you're screwed up. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I've had right. that happen so many times, and now I'm oh, only yeah. smart enough when I got to age 50 to start walking away and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. We're slow learners. Uh, um, that's big wave. That's big wave surfing there, baby. That's yeah. a whole different. That's a whole different league than you know. Uh, when you've got eight hundred and fifty pounds in your back, uh, yeah, you're like surfing a thirty footer. Yeah, you know, you, you've been towed out. Now you're coming in on a thirty footer, and you don't hot dog, <laughs> and you don't pull around. You know, you go down like a like an auto jack, one inch at a time. Click, 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 click straight down. And then just change gears, click, 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 straight back up, one inch forward or one inch backward, and you topple over. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the most surprising things that this isn't an injury, but when I started to get in the seven, eight hundred ranges, is that with five hundred you can breathe. You know, in six hundred oh, yeah. you can breathe. You can't breathe yeah. at all. You can't breathe yeah. at all. That's why we try to elevate that bar and yeah, take that right. deep breath. But man, you can't really get anything. No, no you can't. <laughs> and lift and your nobody ever tells you that. Nobody you ever tells you that. You can't lift your shoulders to get a breath because the weight is cutting you in half. Yeah, you have. And nobody you have to that. have done your homework before you get there. Yeah, that's right. Jim, you've got a funny story. Um, you were telling us. Oh, oh, oh you oh, were oh, saying, JP, JP. I don't mean to interrupt, but don't let us forget, Jim, to tell about your lower back injury standing on the bench with the coach with that I mean, which was fitness malpractice i'm sorry jp go ahead yeah. and i'm going to ask him about his low back right now so maybe oh, yes yeah. kind of segue into that so mm -hmm. funny story jim was telling us one time he said um he was set to have jim you were set to have uh, surgery the next day back surgery so the day before you're like well the hell with it i'm gonna go deadlift 700 or whatever because it might no, be my I mean, last time ever it wasn't exactly the next day but um <laughs> it was a little bit before that but so, uh but i had never gone done in. 700 conventionally so yeah i figured i don't know if i'll be able to deadlift after this all right so. all right yeah well let me jump in and tell because i got a little bit of perspective on the story he calls me and he goes <laughs> well 
I'm having this, and you know, and of course he never mentioned it until the, whatever the day before. I got to have this severe back surgery. Oh, and then he said, um, but I guess it's telling a tale a little bit out of school. So he's he told his doctor, he said, I'm, you know, I'm in terrible pain. Give me something for it. And she said, no, 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 no. And he said, well, if you don't give me anything for him, I'm going to drink a gallon of vodka a day until I have the surgery. And she goes, That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and she goes, okay, here's some pills. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but he told me, he said, yeah, he said, uh, it was, uh, 50-50 whether I would be able to deadlift ever again after this. If it didn't go right or if it didn't heal right or whatever, uh, I might be done. So he said, I, I really felt I needed to have that 700-pound conventional deadlift. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Because he's got, he's got a back so injured that he has to have surgery on it. And then he has to drink a gallon of vodka a day. But he needs to do 700 on that same back. I mean, it couldn't get and any yet, worse. It couldn't get and, any worse. <laughs> yes, it could. <laughs> yes, it could, Jim. Jim, you're wrong. It could have got a lot worse. You could be in a wheelchair at the fair. Yeah, but hey, I'd still living. have that 700 convention. Okay. But Jim, we're, honestly, <laughs> not, we're not glad if you, you did. Not, not if you snapped in half, halfway up. But what was the issue with your back? What were you going to get to surgery on? The disc had a piece of the disc had broken through and was oh, okay. All this and then uh, so that causes sciatica to. And, and he made the 700. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the punchline. He yeah. made the 700 on the damaged back. And the surgery was successful. Yeah. How, how long was your recovery period after that? Uh, I think I did machines in like three weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about I had to back lay... work? How, how, how long was it before your back was like back to deadlifting again? Well, I, you know, what's funny is uh, I didn't deadlift for a long time. I safety squatted. It didn't bother my back at all. Safety squatting. Cool. And then I was like, that's great. Yeah. And then I remember I actually wrote an article about this and called you and the article was about calling you because I deadlifted and I pulled 605 first time I had deadlifted after surgery. Nice. And you were, and you were like, yeah, dummy. When you (laughs) deadlift, like we deadlift your squat makes, you know, it makes your deadlift stay strong. Yeah, push your push your leg strength up, and your squat right. and your deadlift goes up. Sit back and crush the floor. Yeah, that's a squat. We, you know, we, we break squat. the bar from the floor with our powerhouse legs because we got them. Yeah, right. And then that we keep the hip hinge in reserve, so when it hits the knees, now bang! Now we hit the hip hinge. We don't need to use the hip hinge to break it from the floor. Right. We keep that in reserve, right? And and that's what all the world record deadlifters look like. You look at Lamar, you look like at Hidaki Anaba, you look at Cone. Uh, they're all vertical shin, you know, Danny Wobler, any of the guys, any of the great ones, and they're vertical shin guys. Now, their shoulders might be a little in front of the bar. Yeah, just slightly, because, though. That's, just needs to be. Well, slightly. and also, you got a home, you know, and, and Brad, Brad Gillingham and I talked about this. You know, all these guys, they, they like take videos of this happened to Brad. Somebody famous took video of Brad's world record deadlift and then used it as their technique model. Yeah. Okay. And Brad said, 
you really shouldn't do that because I got to kind of break form a little bit when I'm pulling a world record. The way he's built you should, too. Yeah. You should come to the gym and see how I do a triple or a five because mm. that's the way I deadlift. If I'm pulling a world record, I might get a little out of position, but you know what? So what? I'm pulling through anyway. Right. Don't take, don't take that as my form I'm because at. that's at 105%, man. Right. That's a good you point. Know? Yeah, well, and it's a huge point. Uh, and again, it's the whole idea that the technique done right keeps you safe. I won't say it keeps you injury free because if you're crazy with your poundage, yeah, you can hurt yourself. Even if you're using perfect technique, if you have yeah. have crazy ideas about what kind of poundage you're handling, you you can you can mess yourself up. But if you stay within your poundage limits and you, you use the, you know, the technical archetypes that we use, then, you know, you're going to say rel relatively safe. Then just you, you extend your injured limit. Yeah. Once you're and, able and Marty, to get back into the game, then you just little baby step, baby step, baby step, baby step. And we talk about that in the deadlift, the rounding of the back, the low back. And uh, I forgot who told me that was, a, I forgot some deadlifter told me, you only have so many rounded back deadlifts in you, right? <laughs> so you train yeah. to get your rectors like steel cords, of, you know, of muscle. Right. You train perfectly and perfectly and perfectly so you can withstand that 820-pound Gillingham oh, oh, deadlift of the IPF worlds, well, you know? Also, Jim, the way that the, the, the best guys deadlift is our vertebrae stay stacked on top of one mm -hmm. another. Yeah. See, the, the, what, where, the, where the bad stuff happens is if at some point in your spinal column, you, you break forward. Right. Right. It, it could be lower down. If you're like Vincinello used to be able to break his back forward, like, I don't know, yeah. down by his lower lats. Yeah. Right. Most guys, they, they can break their back forward up and around their shoulders, but that creates the weak point. Right. Because now you got a bowed spine. You don't have a straight spine and it's under load and you're out of position and you've got to take the rounded back and make it straight again under uh, load. Well, you can't, you know, well, just, and that's, and and that's how I initially it, screwed my back steel, up. Marty. Steel, steel is groaning just as I'm describing it. Did I you know, hear? man. <laughs> I was training this, I was training this guy one time and he was doing, and I had said, listen, and he had never lifted before. He was like a 35 year old accountant in the athletic department. And I walked down his office one day. I was like, you're in this dank, dismal office. Come to the weight room, man. So I started giving him some stuff and he's doing cable row. And I had said, don't let, we're not rounding our back on anything. You know? right. He's doing cable rows. And oh man, he started rounding his back. And I was like, Oh, no. and I, then I explained to him and then he did some bent over rows and he rounded his back. And I was like, Oh, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm coming to the conclusion that when you make those noises, that I'm doing something. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing something. Well, I, I do it in the gym when I see somebody between sets. When I'm looking around, I go, "Oh, look, oh boy, oh I man." Believe. I oh. have to leave. Oh, but Jim, what, if they don't guide if they don't guide me out by the elbow first. <laughs> Almost, Jim. Explain your maintenance program. So you had surgery. You had the piece of now. Was it a, a large piece of disc? Yes. Did it, yes. Yeah. So you got that removed. It was pushing on your nerve, giving you sciatica. So right. you get this removed and they don't put anything in its place, right? You have a space now between the vertebrae. 
you know, where the mm-hmm. where the piece of disc came out of. I don't know how they'd seal that back up. I'm not sure. All right. Well, they got that out of there. So yeah. you come home, recover. So is the sciatica instantly gone? Instantly gone. Wow. So instantly. what? So at that point, okay. So what is your plan forward? Because I kind of described how I'm doing. Because I have I have three herniated uh, discs in my yeah. lower back. So I kind of talked about how I do it. Um, yeah. and I, I didn't do any low, low body stuff. When I first started coming back, I okay. had a circuit of machines all set up in the pen weight yeah. room. And I did all the machines, three or four sets, eight to 12 reps. And, uh, or no, I did half the machines. And then the next day I would do it the other half, take a day, then repeat it for two days, take a couple days. And, um, eventually, you know, just started, you know, go to the appointments. He can say, okay, you can load your spine or, you know, okay. so a big key is to have a doctor that actually trains. And so I was fortunate enough that this guy actually knows, right. knows stuff. So he's like, you know, I don't want, I don't want your, your butt behind you right now. So we mm-hmm. got to find things that where your, where your butts, you know, exercises like a, a squat where your butt's behind or your deadlift. So, um, you know, I did the sled stuff and then I did uh, belt squats and that didn't bother me. And then eventually yeah. moved on to the safety squats. Yeah. Okay, you know, so Bill, Johnny, you know, Bill Starr is was so great because he tells the Johnny Unitas story. Unitas had torn his Achilles tendon, which is horrific, especially when you're 38, probably at the time, 35, something like that. And he got it, but he got it better. And Bill Starr said, How did you rehab it, Johnny? And he said, Well, when I could walk, I walked. When I could jog, I jogged. Mm-hmm. And when I could run, I ran. You know, listening what I mean? to your body, yeah, and, and little steps. You know, and little. I didn't steps. rush, and I didn't rush anything. But now, but what was your plan going forward? You're like, okay, knowing you, you're like, okay, I want to deadlift 700 again. But did you say, you know what? Let me get up to four to where I can manage and do reps and, and honestly, I, I, form. I had to make a choice mm-hmm. whether to squat a, a whole bunch or deadlift a whole bunch. And I decided to make my squat more frequent and my deadlift infrequent. And the only time I really pushed it was we were going down to see the tier one guys. And so I did like a four week cycle and got back over 600 again, but then backed it back down to, to the squats. And I, and I did straight bar squats. Now, how far, how far past the surgery was 600? A couple of years. I would say it was a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, so I always have enjoyed doing leg work uh, a whole lot. I mean, I love the deadlift, but it's the deadlift to me is the most, is the best exercise in the world. It's the most primal. It's the most evolutionarily correct one for us, but man, it can traumatize your freaking body, you know, uh, even with the correct technique, but just pounding that deadlift is tough to recover from tough to recover. from. I think you're 100% wrong. Okay, go ahead. I think the squat is the premier lift. And even if you don't deadlift, if you have a really good squat, you're going to have somewhat of a deadlift. And the reverse ain't true. Yeah, the whole thing about the deadlift with me, you know, everybody has that exercise where it just feels so natural to you and so great right yeah. away. So that's, I think yeah, my no, love that's different. That's preference. Yeah. That's preference. I think my do- love for the deadlift has actually hurt me <laughs> too frequently over the years and maxing mm-hmm. too often. And well, also like uh, you're a sumo guy, right? Yeah. I only did a few conventional cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you found your, you found your power stance 
which a lot of sumo guys have a really hard time with. They spend a lot of time being weak because they can't find that that one stance. Like you look at Cone, he's got right. like what we call gorilla stance. Like a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah, he's tight. He's tight. He's right tight. Uh, you you're a little you know, more spread. But you know what uh, I just thought of, Marty? Maybe because my squat stance and my deadlift stance are so uh, similar uh, that I was making inroads into my recovery twice a week by doing the same, same width of stance. Well, that's right. Yeah. Now, go ahead, I only, go, go, only go back in time. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Correct yeah. that. But yeah, that's right. And if, if, if you're lifting heavy, uh, you're blasting the same muscles three times a week. Yeah. Right. That's a lot. That's a lot on the erectors. What else, JP? The upper thighs, the glutes, uh, the abs. Right. It takes ab power to keep a squat erect. And it takes ab a, a deadlift is a reverse sit up. Yeah. Right. You're opening instead of closing, but it's yeah. the same. It's the same action. It's yeah. a negative sit up. So this is why guys who have great deadlifts, they can uncoil their abs. That also mm -hmm. makes them great at coiling their abs. Mm -hmm. I saw some guy, I don't know who, I can't remember. This a guy with a, from West Virginia, had an 850 pound deadlift at 242. One of Dave mm -hmm. Jeffries guys, crazy. Yeah. The guy could do rep sit-ups with like, oh, I don't know, three 100 pound plates. Oof. Yeah, uh, you know. I, you know, mm. I don't even know how he held, how he held them there, but again, um, okay. Getting back to injuries though, yes. Jim, can you relate the story about how the, the, the coach <laughs> had you do the, uh, stiff, stiff leg around it? I guess it'd be rounded back. Oh, it had to be rounded. It, it had to be rounded. Um, and that was a popular thing back in that I day. Know. You remember that JP where people would stand on a bench and do dead? I, I did tons of them. I used to load did up you? three plates on each side. Oh, would you go below the level of the bench or just down to the bench? Yes. Well, the plates are going to go below yeah. the, the platform the bar, you're standing. The bar. The bar. Yeah. The bar. The the bar? No, not that low. Yeah. I was never. Okay. Jim, you would go below, right? You let it stretch your ass down there, right? Well, what would happen was the coach said, okay, you know, stand on the bench. And remember now, so people have gotten smarter with bench width. Benches are Which wider the, now. Give, Back give then. Me the, give them the era. This was 87. Okay. 86, 87. And he said, now to really get that stretch in your hamstrings, now round your back and at the bottom, reach <laughs> out in front of you. Swing, swing the bar in front of you. Oh, no. And bring it back in line from there. And yeah, boy, I felt it in my hamstrings. But man, I could, I, you know, I guess nobody else could hear it, but what, I could hear what it. Were your, what were you doing? 325, 325. Pardon? It was 325 pounds. Stiff leg, right? Was this, was this the first time you've ever done the movement? or had No, no. But it was okay. the heaviest I'd ever been. It was the heaviest I'd ever been. Okay. All right. All right. So, now, yeah, so, like, so <laughs> how, you, three, 325. So what do you do? Like 135? 225, 275, yeah. 325. Yeah. And and so, so 
you're standing on the bench. So yeah. your, your yeah. stance width is what? Oh my God. It's so close, Marty. Those little benches that they used to have that your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know the width, but it was nothing. It was nothing. So, <laughs> so you got 325. Is he there? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, but, but round back and just, where did it, uh, where did it pop? Where did it go oh, back? I think that was the initial disc uh, pushing through. <laughs> initial disc and then you know but everything gets real you're so warm at that point that you always go ah well that did sound weird but uh, maybe it's scar tissue you know that's you know that exercise always reminds me of a pepper grinder for like you're grinding away at your discs oh yeah um and you know (laughs) what you know jim i had my my back pop like that too but you know what i was doing i was sitting at my desk working not even moving and I heard and felt this pop in my, my lower back. Now, the, the previous day, I had done uh, heavy shrugs or something. Right, right. And so I was just in four in the morning. I'm sitting there, pop. And I go, yeah. that feels kind of weird. I can feel my lower back just balling up, right? Yes. So I stand up and I go, oh, this thing's getting stiff and I can't walk upright. I go, you know what? I got an inversion table uh, thing upstairs. I'm going to go get in it. Maybe I can work something back into place. I get in the damn thing. I get turned upside down. I can't move. I it, can't because get it's, out, Marty. It's, you can't get out, it's Marty. stiffening up and I have to start screaming for my wife <laughs> and I'm in such pain. And um, I then I was totally Stop locked up. I said, deal. It's not funny. I, I said, honey, I, it was a mess, man. I was—I never had such pain like that. And I said, "You got to get your." How did she get your big three hundred? Yeah, it was a disaster. You should have seen it. But uh, to, oh, to look, show you how much pain. Look, I was look, in. look, look. Uh, I guess you would come well, down like she turned you upright. All right. I don't know if she'd be heavy enough to get him upright. I was I in. I, I was in one up. of the, it wasn't actually a table. It was in the inversion. It almost looks like a, uh, like a hyper extension. Yeah. Um, where you turn upside down. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. But yeah this was probably your, a little bit. Yeah. So she Did runs you to go to in. emergency room. Yeah. She, she runs in, she sees chaos happening here and she, she tries to flip me back over. And I, and I did, I said, look, you got to take me to the, uh, the doctor. I got to go now. Cause I don't know what I did to my back and I was just sitting there. So we get over there and uh, go in the emergency room and I get it x-rayed. Of course the, the x-ray does not show the disc right. material, right. but it shows the spacing between the vertebrae. Right. So they said, well, we can tell for your age. And I was maybe mid to late thirties when this happened, they said by, by your age and the spacing between the discs, we could tell you have compressed discs. When I said that, well, that's from all the squatting and all that stuff. Um, So I eventually went and got an MRI and sure enough, I had three herniated discs coming out. uh, You can see from the the side angle. And uh, that's, you guys know the story. My my doctor, who was a, a back surgeon, he says, she looks at me, he goes, so you're going to weight lift still? And I said, yeah. And I said, but I'm going to do it different. And he looks at me and he just shakes his head. He was totally against any resistance training right from that point on. Um, and because of that, I thought, well, I have to avoid things that are compressing my spine, um, which 
yes and no. I mean, while you're healing, yes, but eventually I should have started to retrain, you know, got back into the squat, got back into the, um, the, the deadlift and things like that. But I thought I was done doing that. And it wrecked me because here I was strong as an ox everywhere else, except for my lower back was weak. And, you know, just from living normal life, you know, squatting down to pick something up or whatever, I would and once in a while I would blow my back out just doing something like that. Like I remember one time I was in the backyard and I squatted down and I felt something just twinge in my lower back. I couldn't walk upright all the way for two weeks. Meanwhile, um, Steele's drinking a, a gallon of vodka a day, <laughs> deadlifting 700, 700. for major back surgery. Right. <laughs> Everybody handles it differently. So <laughs> anyway, I learned that I could actually rehab my back. And I've been doing deadlifts and doing squats and getting back into that. Uh, for it's almost been a, well, about been a, a year while now. now, right? Yeah, that's yeah about a year. I feel so have much your, better. Uh, have um, has your leg development come up? Did noticeable? I mean, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, yep. don't say oh yeah because we don't we don't know. Well, um, genetically, you know, uh, I think I've got my best genetics in my my legs, so they respond. They'll respond whatever I do, pretty much. You know, I just have to think about them growing. I can get some some uh, growth on my legs, especially my calves, right? Um, yeah, so more calves. No, but man, I still feel so said much those better. In, still said those were implants. Like arm might be. Like might be. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but when you do this, when you rehab yourself like this, talk to uh, a physical therapist or somebody that that's like Jim said, that actually trains and knows what's going on. Because if you just ask your doctor and he's not training, he doesn't, he's not up on all the latest information. He's going to say, just don't do it. Right. Don't lift over 60 pounds is, you know, what a lot of them say. And I know. I know. JP, that is not JP, the right information. Don't, no. lift, don't lift over 10 pounds. It's a 300 pound lineman <laughs> who squats 650. Right. And he and I'm getting the same training report from the doctor for a, a 122 pound lacrosse girl. Don't yeah. Lift over 10 pounds. And Bobby can't lift over 10 pounds. <laughs> I'm like something's right. wrong here. But and you're like, well, I go, what if, what if you lift 12, dude? Well, what will happen? You know? <laughs> Right. It's so random. You know, I, I tell, we'll tell you this though, the last couple of doctors I've been to their sports, sports doctors. I don't know if it's the advent of just lifting being more accepted um, or the CrossFit generation or whatever, but a couple of them are in their late thirties, early forties, and they understand it. In fact, uh, my son coming off a groin injury and she was like segue segue in him to plyometrics. You know, she had the mm -hmm. whole thing written out and all I was like, Damn girl, you know, I was yeah. impressed, you know, it's pretty impressive. So right. yeah, it's well, so important. Uh, what do you attribute it to? As far as the knowledge that they're having? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I, I mean, I would quiz somebody like that and go, okay, what, you know, what's going on with you? Is this yeah. college knowledge? Or yeah, you know what? I'm going to ask her. Bill Starr or, yeah. you know, oh, yeah, I trained under Ken Fantano and, can, you, know, you know what I mean? Or yeah. somebody or. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to ask her because we're, we're going Francis. back next, next week. So I'll ask her for sure because that is interesting. Because I because she's 
Cause she said, well, cause she wrote everything out for the physical therapist that she wanted, you know, as far as um, how fast he can and go. You, and you read the prescription. That yeah. And I said, wow, doc. Good. I guess that yeah. was sort of patronizing when I said, wow, I'm very impressed. That you- well, <laughs> as a, as a 30 year professional, you know, yeah. you have a, a right to have an opinion. Yeah. Right. And to your and point, Jim. It's very rare to be surprised in this, you know. know. Yeah. It's surprised in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Um, and Jim, to your point, there's a different prescription for everybody, or there should be, yeah. but oftentimes there's not. They do one size fits all, and it's just not, you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to a guy like Chow, and I've seen it done because uh, my youngest daughter has scoliosis. So uh, it, he actually did an online. Uh, assessment with her and it was interesting to watch him do all this because he's trying to get to the the root of you know this is dr uh, ryan this is dr ryan chow out of new york city Uh, right right what's what's the name of his studio uh reload pt yeah reload yeah Mm -hmm. go ahead so I, you know, and it's like an hour and a half, two hour assessment and he takes you through everything but the goal is to find the root of what's causing your pain. Now she has scoliosis, but he, you know, by taking her through all these different movements and, and things like that, he's able to dial in and, and really uh, uh, um, drill down on what is causing the pain and how you're, how you're moving. It's, it's an assessment of your movement and all that, because it's all a chain reaction, right? So that was interesting, but you know, everybody's going to have a different outcome on that assessment if you're, if you're injured. So you can't prescribe the same prescription for, for everybody. It's not going to work. It's going to be counterproductive, counterproductive in some, uh, some instances. Yeah, that's true. Roger that. Um, what about, um, what, Marty, getting back to the, uh, the article, you know, you had talked about, going and visiting Hugh Cassidy after you broke your leg. And he no, had some he interesting. Me. He visited he me. Interesting I wasn't memory. visiting anybody. <laughs> I was laying oh. on the floor. Yeah. He came and saw you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just, uh, he's a, he's a good, tough coach and he walked in and he's, I, I had a uh, freak accident at age 33 where I got tangled up in a squat. And I broke compound fracture of my left lower leg. And uh, so I had to have uh, surgery. Eventually, I had to have it rebroken. It didn't knit. So they had to re-break it. And then they had to put a plate in it. This thing dragged on for a year and a half. Uh, But initially, after I hurt myself and got back from the hospital and all, and, you know, a bunch of the guys would come on by and, you know, give me their condolences. Oh, what a tough break. What a tough break. You know, terrible, terrible, terrible. And then Cassidy came in and he goes, uh, well, <clears throat> he says, it looks like uh, it's time for a upper body specialization program. Now right. you could use it. You could use it. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. right. A little edge there, the right? right away. Mm-hmm. Little edge, little edge there. You could yeah. use it. Yeah. Well, because but you always said, totally, you know, you totally kind of lagged ac- on the bench. Totally accurate. Totally, totally accurate. But it yeah. wasn't like, oh, so sorry. You know, we were, <laughs> no, none of that. 
front of that, right? It's like, well, you know, it's the upper body. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, that was that was the first time I ever really used machines. Oh God, what were we using back then, Jim? Universal. Chromed out. What was the 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 the, the different stations in the square? Yeah. Yeah, the Universal yeah. had the seated press, yeah. had the leg press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you had a you had yeah. a bar stool for the uh, the shoulder press. Remember yeah. that? You know, I love yeah. the Universal. I love the yeah. Universal, man. And yeah. uh, also, also the first the generation of the Nautilus machines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had the Nautilus machines. We had some other wacky, wacky machines. So that's that's what I did initially. Is when I was able to. Get to the to the gym. Where was I trained? Did I have? Did I train at home? I, barbells and dumbbells were not realistic initially. Right. right. So it was just like I got to drag myself and go sit on the machine. Mm-hmm. But that was a high point of my day, right? That's right. Because the rest of the time I had to sit around and watch TV. Yeah, and there was only three channels. Yeah, or play uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> three stooges got 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 very good at donkey kong uh yeah but uh that's what you could do and then then it got to the point it's like all right we're feeling a little better here so i still have a cast on but you get i don't know what you get on the crutches you get a little more mobile and your training partners off the outside all right let's do some benching yeah all right and then one thing leads to another and you're my my deadlift and squat has always been my strong point. So take away my squat. And Perillo pointed this out to me. He said, you know, he said, all the nutrients that had been formerly going to your legs and glutes and lower back and even your abs, he said, now they're going to be available for your upper body. Interesting. He said, so you should really like do more of a bodybuilding type thing more volume yeah i'm like i'm just like well you know what that sounds good because i don't have anything else to do yeah right so i was like oh, okay well let's do some and my guys would help me because you know it was you know my training partners were still training so they would just pick me up and they'd be doing their thing and they would they you know i'd be over on the side on the bench and yeah, I was doing things like seated dumbbell shrugs with straps. Yeah. Right. What yeah. a great trap exercise. Yeah. Nice straight spine. You got your straps on you, rep, 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 brother. Yeah. And then you let them hang like there. And of- then you let them, let them hang there. Woo, yeah. Catch 10 breaths and then keep going. And yeah. you burn yourself out. You go, man, I never knew I could do like that. Right. Or, you can, it got to a point where I was doing rep cleans with dumbbells off the end of the bench, right? Yeah, you can be innovative, man. You can just do things, you know, just try things you would never try because you got 10 sets of squats. Right, because you know, you're a free spirit warm-ups. now. You're not, you're, you're not beholden to, you know, the, the squats and the, yeah. the deadlift and, you know, yeah. the normal routine. Yeah. Right. Uh, get a little wild. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like Jim says, you, you become innovative because it's like, well, what can I do with these dumbbells and that's bench? Mm-hmm. And you know what? There's a lot of damn things you can do with a dumbbell and a bench, particularly if you've got the incline bench. Yes. 
Then all of a sudden, oh, we do different angle pressing. Oh, we can do lateral raise, seated lateral raises. Oh, we can do seated shrugs. What else? Uh, you know, you can turn around and position yourself so you do row, right? Even with a cast on, you can you can figure out a way to do yep. some or T bar or T bar. Yeah, you can just lie the, on it, lie the on brace, the incline bench. The, remember row. the one with the brace chest piece? Yeah, the support the row. Yeah. Yeah, the support row. You do yeah. we do the hell out of that when I had a cast on. I got good at that one. That was a good one. All the lap pull downs, of course. Right. Yeah. Curls, uh, you curl, curl crazy, right? And tricep extensions with dumbbell, you know, all that stuff. There's so many upper body. And I would my guys were training three times a week, so they picked me up, and you know how long it takes those guys to squat bench and dead. So I'm yeah. sitting around there for you know, two and a half, three hours. Yeah. So it's like, all right, let's go. You know, There's some more. I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, yeah. a lot of uh, injuries are stuff that they limit you in some way, but they're not ready for surgery. You know, that mm -hmm. so it becomes a, a thing. Well, like uh, just, I'll just use me myself. As sciatica. When I was, yeah. so I got, when I do uh, easy curls, or I can't do barbell curls, but any kind of standing curl, my right arm does a lot more work because something's screwed up with my left shoulder, uh, where I guess where the tendon attaches, the bicep tendon attaches to the shoulder. So I'm, I do preacher curls. So I found that if, if my shoulder's out of it, because, you know, you tuck it, you tuck that pad way under your armpit. Now my shoulder's not as involved. Now I can work my biceps effectively without my right arm doing all the work, you know? Yeah. So it becomes you a thing the, where... Yeah. Yeah. I can't back squat, but I can front squat. You know, there's some crazy things. Yeah. Low backs yeah. are so crazy. Um, and, and shoulders are too, because what bothers one person will not bother another. I have people with low backs who can't squat, but they can deadlift and vice mm. versa. You know, so you got to find or, the. Or, or there's a certain sizable percentage of the population that cannot comfortably do the barbell press behind the neck. Right. I had it. Yeah. I had that explained to me one time by a, a shoulder surgeon. Yeah, I think that's uh, how I screwed my neck. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and again, the, the 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 whole injury game. I my I have a friend, uh, Doctor Stu McGill. Stu is the spine yep. expert from Canada. Yeah. And he once told me something that I considered profound. He said, Marty, he said, the body is a remarkable self-healing machine. He said, in many cases, if instead of back surgery, the individual would just skip to the prescribed rest period, they could successfully skip the surgery. And I mean, I said, like the rest period after said, surgery. I, I, yeah. I said, please expand. He said, for example, if you're having disc surgery, you know, you go in, he said, also, if you want to have surgery, make sure to have an MRI because they will find something. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So he said, so he said, um, if, if you're, you're having surgery, let's say for whatever for whatever reason, and they prescribe. Now, listen, you're going to have to be an absolute bed rest for two weeks, right? You're going to have to be limited mobility for the next four weeks, whatever they prescribe. If you just skip to that, 
he said the body more than likely will heal itself yeah even yes. if it and and this is the spine guy yeah you're right and that, I, thought, that's what, I thought that was profound because i didn't say it you know yeah, what i yeah. mean he's saying just skip ahead and you know i thought about that when when my meniscus got torn because everyone said just have the surgery mm-hmm. and again my can my situation is i'm a full-time professional writer i don't have to go anywhere i don't have to go to work i don't have to use my hands i can stay here it was an option for me so i said <clears throat> Stu says if i just because even if i had meniscus surgery what did they recommend for you after you had yours jp well, i i didn't have surgery but you know oh, i had a I found a slight tear and, and he didn't really, I, I was asking him what I could do and, and what I couldn't. And he was just kind of nonchalant about it. Well, He's like, wh- whatever, whatever the prescribed rest period would be post, right. I would imagine if you get weeks. your three weeks there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I took a little longer than that for me. Uh, but you know what? I don't think after three weeks of meniscus surgery, you're going to be dunking any basketballs anyway. Right. No. And you know, the thing here is too, I could have had surgery, but he's like, you know, I can, I can operate and I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the best around at this. And, you know, uh, the meniscus is, is kind of funny because you have some of it has a good amount of blood supply, I guess, and others don't. So the, so the other, the part that doesn't have the good blood supply, you can't really operate because it's not going to heal. It doesn't have any blood flow to it and all that. But I think a lot of people are jumping to surgery way quicker than they should. And, and like, well, yeah, uh, that's, like that's, Stu McGill said. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. The, the, point the body making. is way more resilient than we give it credit for. Yes. And I've learned that yes. on yes. My, yes. my own. Yes. Yes. And what I do know is if you're going to have surgery, you want that to be the very last, absolute last resort. Yeah. You want to exhaust everything else first because you can get screwed up from surgery. You think you're going to be healed, but then you're screwed up. Now you've got a chunk of you taken out or operated on that. There's no reversing that. Yeah. Yeah. Every surgeon I had said, it depends if you, it depends on how much pain you're in because eventually it'll get better, you know? Um, yeah. And in fact, this one surgeon who became a friend of mine left the hospital he was working because he wouldn't perform enough surgeries. He would tell mm-hmm. people, oh, you don't need it. We're, let's try to heal this by resting like Marty was right. saying. Right. And uh, they were like, that's not enough. So he that's left. That's not good went, for business. Went to Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a shame. Yeah. And, and, and but every one of them tells told me that even with my neck so what i i think i blew my neck doing behind the neck presses <laughs> i blew a disc in right. my neck right the right sur- right surgeon said surgery and but i had a trip that i was going on so i wanted to delay it and i couldn't drive nothing man i mean all my fingers were numb i mean it was it was brutal man and that's when i started uh you know i called phil wagner and i said oh, ibuprofen he said eh. you know i said well what and he said cbd that's when I started on the CBD and just being super smart with my training. Like, uh, you know, when I teach what the bench press. CBD, CBD, spell it out, sir. C as in uh, California, B as in boy, D as in dog. Yeah, CBD oil. So anyway, that's a funny story. What, what I, is I, it? What is it? What is it? What is it? It's a uh, hemp oil, cannabis oil. Okay. And, um, and, and that, that had... 
soothing anti-inflammatory properties and, i'm assuming okay, okay. yeah and or, go ahead. It, ju it just so happened that down the mountain from the cabin we were staying in tennessee there was a huge sign that said cbd and i i wow. got a ride down wow. there i walked wow. in and i said give me the strongest stuff you have wow. and i think it said take like you know one one uh dropper full yeah, yeah, you know a yeah, day yeah, i took like yeah. 10 and you it was the bottle and it was the first night i slept <laughs> through the night in two weeks and i've been taking Six. cbd ever since and i never had surgery training wise i had to, to change things up so you know when we bench marty we teach we crush your head into the bench right. well if i did that my neck started acting yeah. up so i would right right i started off putting one of those the only thing that bosu ball is good for i would take that and put it under my head Right. And now I'm at the point now when I do dumbbell benches, I just do everything with my head off the bench and it doesn't right. come back. You've taught, you've taught yourself. Yeah. Now your body instinctively, intuitively uh, does the bench with your head off the bench. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's yeah. right. That's, that's right. funny. That's how I do it, Jim, but not because my neck is just, I, I don't know. I just got a habit of my head is like an inch off the pad when I'm benching. Yeah. I mean, think about it, in, though, if you in, really want to get in the, the federation most... in the federation that Jim and I competed in, if your head was off the bench, it was a cause of disqualification. Yeah, right. And in reality, you wouldn't think it would help you get stronger because wouldn't you want more surface area on the bench pushing through the bench? You, think, you know, I don't uh, know. Anyway. You know, you know, like 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 Dorian Yates talks about, you know, he you know, speaking of injuries, you know, um, at his best, he had the second best legs I've ever seen next to Tom Platts. I thought he was better in the calves and hamstring yeah. than Platts. Platts had better better thighs, but he, Yates had incredible legs. And there was a point in his career where he was lifting explosively and squatting. Yeah. And he told me that he hurt himself squatting. And he had to convert to leg press. And he also had to convert to... I don't won't call it grind, but I'll call it he no more explosiveness. Yeah, no momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And no wow, we're you know, we're gonna explode yeah. it. Because he said it was the that was what was aggravating. And if he used yeah. that, well, geez, I think it was Weeder principle number 77. <laughs> Weeder no, 78, 78. Okay. Center. Uh continuous tension. Yeah. Continuous tension, the kind of even Stephen uh, raising and lowering. He said, you know, he said it was interesting, Marty. He said, after a year, he said, I actually got stronger yeah. using that than I had been when I was explosive. And he right. said, I got less injuries. So mm -hmm. it was that was interesting how the injuries forced him uh, to adopt and for him, the key was rep speed. Yeah. Right. Altering the rep speed. And God, he was so, and, and he had completely adopted that when you see him in the blood and guts video. Yeah. I forget what he's doing. You know, he was doing like 435 for five, for six reps in the 45 degree incline. And then Leroy would give him two more forced. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow that's strong man you know yeah. i mean well, just... and to, your, to your point marty when i went and uh hung out with lavrone kevin lavroni his you know he had torn his pec off the bone before oh, god 
and was told that his career was over and he came back. But he benches and he loves benching, but he was doing 455 for six and every rep was in the same line. Yep. His body was stiff as a board. I was so yep. impressed. Yeah. Like a machine. He, he like, lifted, like it was a machine. You know what the word came to? Precision. Precision the word machine. Precision. Yeah. I was, yeah. And I thought, no wonder, man. He knows he's if a, he stays in that line, he's safe. Well, he's a powerhouse on that bench, too. But one inch either direction. Yeah. And he's in danger, and he knows that. But he just has to be a machine. It's like he's the perfect person benching on a Smith machine. If there was an egg, like a hard-boiled egg on his yes. chest, and he hit it with the bar, it wouldn't break. I mean, it was just crushing <laughs> yeah. that. It was just yeah. perfect, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and his yeah. squats oh, were the same right. way. His squats yeah. were yep. deep, yep. Yep. And, and every rep, you, you know, if you took the first thing, because I remember he finished with – 315 for 19 reps or something. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at the first rep, every rep, every rep, every rep. First rep or the 19th, they'd look the same. And then what happened was the 19th was a little hard. So I think he knew he was going to use his back on the 20th and he racked it. Rack it. Yeah. When the going gets tough, the tough quit, right? Right. Smart. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So also, I think that the other thing that the other takeaway from that kind of training is like, Steele talks about the, the, the combination of precision, having technical archetypes, yeah. right, that you subscribe to and that you try to adhere to. And eventually you kind of get that, the machine kind of a groove. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it, that's when you really uh, not, I think there's a good case could be made that for bodybuilding purposes, that might be the superior way to train as yeah. opposed to uh, explosive strength training. I totally agree. And that's why uh, with athletes, you want to do it explosively, you know, and then with bodybuilders, you want the time under tension. Well, and- here's a question. Here's a question, Jim. Should we also do it with athletes? Is there a time that they should use that yeah the only time type of continuous tension kind of stuff almost as uh hey you know what we need to get away from this stuff for a while so it'll be fresh again yeah what i would do is with the assistant stuff um and i would say okay Uh, i know you guys want to want some bigger arms let me give you guys a couple tips so i'd bring out two dumbbells I'd show them how to hold their wrists differently i'd say okay we're going to squeeze i want you to cramp your bicep for a two count at the top You, don't, yeah. you can't get, hit the bottom till you get to four. So your training partner is yeah. going to have to count one, yeah. two, yeah. three, yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Weeder principle number 79. Yeah, and they love, That's I right. mean, it, you know, every- Continuous every tension. Yeah, so use, use, the, uh, use the less than explosive stuff on the, the bodybuilding stuff. Who cares yeah. about tricep pushdowns or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so just yeah, use that and get that maximum hypertrophic. Yeah, effect. yeah. And hit the buffet well, afterwards. And I think if your your form is not pristine before you get an injury, it's sure as heck gonna be after you get injured because you don't really have a choice. Yeah, you know, you know, it's I, don't funny. know. I don't know, man. There are a lot of people who who just just they're ego driven. And I see a lot of a lot of guys. They they just pick right up doing exactly the same thing that they did that got them injured in the first place. A lot of it's ego. 
Well, you know, it's all ego. It's all it's all ego. You see the guys you know, the, like, doing a dumbbell incline. They're bouncing it off their. And I'm just like, well, dude, and you know, Jim, you, you know what I've noticed with those guys over the years is they'll be in there acting like fools. They'll be in there for about six months, maybe a year if they last that <laughs> yeah. long, and then they're gone. They, yeah, they're you gone. never see them again. You they know, fall into this. the Bermuda Triangle of gyms, right? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell this real quick, and this goes with the purposeful primitive aspect of our show and then just how you know how you hit it with a hammer and recover yeah. um when i went to see lavroni train i swear this is what he did he did like five or six sets of bench press with really only one hard set then he did a down set with like did he did he, did he take 10 minutes between every yes set? yes <laughs> yes dude it was great you know he is so much like a power lifter or like yeah it's, ju- it's yeah. our generation you know he's 56 yeah. 57 because yeah. he would be like give it to me coach and the first time i got there i didn't know what the hell he was talking about give it to me coach so i was like i was looking around does he need a wrap or a wrist he wanted me to get on his ass he wanted me to like say come on kevin man let this weight beat you you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he looked at yeah. christy and he's like, give it to me. She's like, don't be a soft ass. Let's go, mother. you know, back at me. And he's like, all right, I like it. I like it. But he did the bench press. You know, he worked up to 455 for six. And then he went like 365 for eight or 12. So he had chest, shoulder, triceps. So then he went, I don't think he did incline. I think he went right to the behind the necks on the Smith machine. Did like five or six sets there with an all out heavy set of like 365. Then did a down set of like 315 for eight. So that's his two body parts. Then he went over and did one arm tricep pushdowns while talking <laughs> for like two sets. And he left and he left and he goes, how long did that take? How long did that take? No, it takes a long time because he takes so I'm long. I'm just saying it probably took two hours, right? Yeah, no, it did take a long time, but, but that's what I'm saying. He doesn't do, he wasn't doing, I mean, now I've seen films of him doing all this other stuff, but when I was around him, he was like three exercises. See you later. You know, it was really uh, fascinating and hit it yeah. really hard, really hard. And, and but I mean, uh, then you see the other bodybuilder videos where the guys are they're doing these cramping movements where they never quite locked out. They never quite lower all the way. They get in the middle of the rep stroke and OK, we're going to do dumbbell benching. But the benching is that sort of. Uh, reduced range yeah. of motion stay in the middle stay in the middle throw that down get up immediately go over all right now we're going to do a uh, uh, bench press but we're going to do four straps let's go 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 you know right in the middle right in the middle you know never quite lock out never quite fade all the way down maybe the guy helps you do some additional reps now you immediately get up and go to a machine and do yeah. whatever and then I think it's effective. I mean, these guys, they blow up like balloons. Yeah. Right. And then they feed themselves all these clean nutrients and they just turn themselves into these gigantic Hindenburg blimps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible how big these guys can swell themselves, but yeah. there's no, it's, it's, it's divorced from performance. Yeah, we got to have. Whereas you look at like what Lavrone does or what Yates does, and that carries over. See, see, this has been a question of mine forever because there is a marked difference 
in the look of somebody who trains heavy than somebody who does the pumping, right? I mean, there's, but physiologically, I've never had anybody be able to give me a good explanation on why that look is. For instance, Marty, Columbo, Columbo versus Arnold. Yeah, yeah, I will tell you right now. And, and Schwarzenegger hit it right in the head. He said, you know, he said, guys like Franco, guys like Kirk, uh, guys like, uh, who else, Jim Cash, all the great yeah. bodies. He said, they look fantastic when they're just like walking around relaxed. Relaxed, yeah, relaxed. Bill yeah. Pearl. Another one looks incredible. Just walking around, unflecked, incredible. He said, "When they when they flex up, he said, not much happens. Not dramatic. It's not dramatic. It's it's he like said, a ben, stone. He said, he said, you look at a guy like me, and he said, you look at me normal. And he said, oh, there's a nice athletically built guy, you know, but nothing scary, nothing. Wow, look at that guy. None of that. He says, but when I pose, everybody goes, wow, he's like yeah. a peacock. Yeah." He's like oh. a peacock spreading his his tail, right? He, and everybody goes, "Holy hell, look at that guy!" And but Marty, he stretched like, out that fascia so much, yeah, right? I mean, that's what you do. Is that's a that's a great point, JP. Some right. people having a lot of people, a lot of guys have incredibly tight fascia that that layer between the skin and the muscle, it, and it's yeah. like canvas, mm, right? right. Mm. And it's restrictive, right? And then you got guys like Arnold who have this very loose, pliable fascia, and they just like, whoo, it's just like they flex up, and it's like, man, that Arnold. Well, I think in stretching it out is from the constant pumping that they're doing. I'm sure it's genetic too, some of it, but also when you get really huge. Now, Arnold, Jimmy, what do you think he pushed his body weight? Probably 270 when he was that kind of Mm -hmm. chunky kid who won the Austrian powerlifting championships. He deadlifted yeah. 700. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure it was the most horrible lift you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm just technically, I'm yeah. sure it was just, right. a, I'm sure it was just an 18 year old kid going, Oh, is right. this good? Oh. Yeah. And then, and you know, goons up seven, 700, but he built, he ate so much and he built so much size. He was like this giant chunk of marble waiting to be sculpted down. And when he came to this country, his first competition, Frank Zane beat his ass because he Miami was fat. Beach. That's right. Because mm-hmm. he was heavy. Well, that's so what Garanda to told him. Garanda yeah, said, you look, like a, you look like a fat F to me. That's what Arnold, Arnold walked into Vince Garanda because that's where Reader used to send everybody. Yeah. And, I, and uh, he said, I am Arnold, uh, Mr. Austria, or Mr. Universe. And he said, you look like a fat F to me. <laughs> it's like, welcome, With, welcome without to calves. <laughs> welcome With to no Vince calves. Vince. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vince was Re- tough, man. Remember the posing he used to do back in those days? He'd stand in a pool up to his knees. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Arnold couldn't win the Maryland now. I'm telling you, it's a whole different world. You know, was, oh, I'm sure. All right, um, well, look, have we wrapped this sucker up pretty well? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, we've worn it out. I think we did a good job. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, think you know, a, a takeaway is be smart, be smart. But you know, one thing we didn't mention is at in everything that you do athletically that where you're trying to really be great at, the rewards go way up. You know, but also the ch- the risk goes way up too. You you know, you have to 
with your techniques, with your recovery, with all your nutrition and your positive mental outlook, try to reduce that chance, right. Of injury with, with, uh, cause it, you're going to get banged up. It's the extent of it really, you know, that you can prevent. And if you're a serious right. athlete, you're going to get hurt. Yep. So deal with it and yeah. don't quit. Yeah. Don't quit. But, uh, you know what? Serious athletes don't quit. No, it doesn't occur to them. No. And I think too, when you get injured, you have to you just accept you're going to have to make baby steps, you know, yeah. in your recovery, yeah. you, you know, but just but, remember but, Johnny Unitas, man, just as long as you're going forward, it's okay. That's right. You know? Walk when you can walk, you know? Yeah, that's fine. And have a goal. Like, uh, you know, like we talked about that? last week with, with my back, that, I've got a certain that? goal. Yeah. Jim, what was that stupid saying we used to have for bulking up? Don't, don't run if you can jog. Yeah, don't yeah, jog yeah. if you can trot. Yeah. Don't trot if you can walk. Don't walk if you can, if you can crawl. Don't yeah. crawl if you can lie down. Don't yeah. lie down if you can be in a catatonic stupor. I, you know. Yeah, that was my favorite thing. Man, I, I'm not doing that. I got a squat tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, how many yeah. times have you said that, Marty? JP, I'm not doing that. I got a squat day tomorrow. Oh, was, oh, absolutely. It a, oh, it was the best rationalization ever. And then the civilians would look at you like, what are you talking about? Like my wife, she's like, like, take out the trash Mozart. You know, yeah. enough you, you, know, you want help moving that couch? No way. I got a deadlift tomorrow. <laughs> I, I can't yeah. chance it. Yeah. I told you that it used to be really important to me, you know, and Marty, and, you know, competing and having a show a meat coming up and powerlifting. I remember I had a, a bad squat workout and my ex-wife, maybe this is one of the reasons why she's my ex-wife pulled up in the house and I was looking like, you know, somebody died. And she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I had a shitty squat workout. <laughs> and she looked at me like, I can't wait to get out of this. And well, papers up. Jim, Jim, that wasn't the only thing. It was also the Bulgarian weightlifting tape she used to make. Put her right watch. to sleep every time. Put her right to sleep. <laughs> so true. What did Schwarzenegger say? Oh, you know, my mother calls. She said, oh, your father's dead. He goes, I can't make it to the funeral. It's only 26, only 26 weeks to the Olympia. That's right. Yeah, he says, I'm sorry, but, you know, there's nothing that can be done. Nothing can be done. So <laughs> what, do you tell a mother who's, what do you tell a mother whose husband is lying in the coffin? Yeah, I got to oh, do legs man. tomorrow. What are you talking yeah. About? You know. yeah. I mean, yeah. it becomes, you know, especially if you're really trying to, get there some with some weight you, you have to be about it a hundred percent man you have to be about it yeah, yeah. so things are going to happen anyway Jake, all right well very good this was a uh this was a good one hopefully we got some points out there that people can use and change their perspective and maybe it'll help them out and help them recover we'll see uh so if you enjoy our podcast please share the link and give us a review. Uh, check out Marty's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. You can find his latest article, Training Around a Serious Injury. This is the, yeah. the, the one we had the podcast off of. So check that out. There's some, some uh, information in there that maybe we didn't cover on the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, check him out on Instagram at it's at the Marty Gallagher. That's his Instagram page. You got uh, Marty. You got all kinds of stuff going on: training, cooking. You're always smoking oh, yeah. something on the green egg. Oh my god, it's crazy! Right now, Everything. I got uh, 
burn ends working on the green Ooh, end. Nice. Yeah, I'm oh. glad you guys aren't here. Oh. But, uh, then I don't, I don't know. Marty and I, you know, we went up to see Marty the other day, Chuck and I, and, and uh, <laughs> we stayed after for a little while, and I thought we were going to hang out, and Marty took out the – he said, come here for a minute, and he had Chuck and I take out the fold-out couch, and then he looked at us, and I was like, oh, Marty wants to take a nap. So then Chuck <laughs> I said, well, I guess we're going to head out, man. It's good to, good to see you, buddy. <laughs> there was no burnt ends to be hey, had I, or what? I oh, we had good food. You, come no, on we now, had good God. food. Oh, man. Yeah, we had good food, but we had a funny. I mean, uh, if he's never been around us and Chuck and I start giggling and Marty's opening a beer at 930 a.m., I mean, it's a it's a, a new experience for folks, you know. Yeah. It was great. That's the way we live life every day up here in the woods. That's it. It was great. Classic. You're in that way, Steele. You're out. You're 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 headed right down that. Oh, I think I'm right with you. I'm just a little bit behind you. Yeah, just a little. I think you're looking like you get kind of got that Carl the groundskeeper vibe about you with your property. I mean, you'd be setting up booby traps and deadfalls for people. Oh yeah, he's already got that. Oh, yeah. Wearing camouflage on his face and, you know, up in a tree when you come in and, you know, mm-hmm. and the kids, the kids are going to be like uh, wild Indians. Yeah, we have. <laughs> they are already. <laughs> when, the, when the apocalypse comes, we got it all figured out with the, what we're going to kill and eat and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, the good thing is, too, you don't have to go anywhere. You just stay right there at home. That's right. That's right. right? That's right. Yep. Um, Marty, you, you guys also have a website, you and Stacy. It's uh, called yeah. functional-strength.org. Yep. Same kind of thing. Articles, training information, recipes, whatever Food. you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, life coaching. What else, Jim? Uh, oh, uh, everything Gallagher. Everything Gallagher. Yeah. Greenhouses. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Everything. <laughs> It's a potpourri, like we say. Uh, since 1997, Iron Company has been your source for gym equipment, flooring, and all things fitness. Check out our newest arrival, the Optimil Self-Propelled Flat Treadmill by Stroops. Uh, what it is, it's a human-powered, user-defined treadmill with force-absorbing slats that reduce the impact on joints. This is pretty cool. We just put this up the other day. Um, and we, we saw these actually out in uh, di- different kind, but out at uh, Virginia Beach. This is a great treadmill. And I love the self-powered, you know, it's, it is, truly, it is truly user-defined. I mean, you're telling it, you know, it, it's, it's conforming to your pattern of running, walking, whatever. The lower the tech, the lower the tech, the better. Right, exactly. So the check that the, out. The, the raw, the tool, the better the results. That's exactly right. Um, and, uh, for all our military friends, uh, that are listening, we'll have that up on GSA very soon. So check that out. Uh, we've got new Jim Steele articles. They can be found in the ironcompany.com article section, his latest one, and we'll have a new one soon, but the latest mm-hmm. one is 10 tips for building barn door lats, which I just did today. Yeah. Um, you did the 10 tips, be- all of them? In the same workout? No, I do. I do a couple here and there. I can't throw them all in at once. Next he's one. Not you know? play, he's not plagiarizing any of the weeder principles here, is he? I think I'm his weeder number four A. <laughs> you know, right. Um, 
And I Jim, you have you, a barn door last thing too. That you know, somehow or another, that sticks in my. That's oh, more of a tribute. Right. That's more of a tribute than a plagiarism. Tribute to Marty. Like yeah. I think I, I think I invented that phrase. I'm pretty I, sure. I give you total credit. Barn door last. Marty, there was a time you had barn door lats. You got up to about two sixty five one time. Uh well, yeah, and a seven forty four deadlift. I like my seven hundred for three with no belt. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Two, 238 there you yeah. go right. and then and then uh jim you've got a website as well bossbarbell.com that's b-a-s barbell.com yeah all kinds of stuff going got on my doing anything with, life the, with your dogs uh, jim are you doing anything with the dogs on an official competitive basis now um Sunday, I'm going down to my buddy Steve's and we have all the labs in Chesapeake's and we all do training drills. But, uh, you know, I competed before with my other dogs a few times. And uh, you know how the, the elitists in the weightlifting world are different than the powerlifters? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that was the, you know, the, the stereotype. Well, that's the same thing in the dog world. And yeah, I really just want to hunt, hunt with my dog and I don't need to be around those. It's making my heart beat fast. Talk about talking about it right now. Cause yeah, it's like, well, you know, it's who, you know, it's like, we're, we're, we're working with dogs here. You know, it's like, well, he comes out yeah. of this breed and I know him and uh, you know, it's, it's really, it's like probably the same thing with horse people and there's yep. it's, you know, it's overly just, complicated. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like wine, right? I just want well, to drink no, wine. Like wine. Yeah, that yeah, is so and there's complicated. Like politics. There's like politics <laughs> in the dog, in the dog uh, competing world. I mean, what is that? I got away from a university. Now I'm going to go listen to these guys. I'm like, come on, man. I'm yeah. going to go out in the woods. I'm going to go out in the woods. Shoot something. Hey, what about dog. your newsletter that you were mailing out? Yeah, I might get another one in June. Another one in June. Okay. Yeah. Squatting right. on squatting on you're gonna have chuck miller staple all the pages together and uh <laughs> mail them out um yeah. i can mail them out <laughs> ups <laughs> does it all for me man ups does it all yeah uh, this one's gonna be more edgy okay oh no adventures joint addict you better you better make it with red pages and uh and black ink so adventures of a paper. lap dance addict Yes. Oh, here we go. There <laughs> we go. All right, guys. All right. Good one. Good one. Talk See to you guys. On. Oh, wait. Okay, go ahead. What? <laughs>